Hello everybody and welcome to the stream scene. Welcome to another awesome episode. I'm really excited. I love these type of episodes where we just do an open streaming question and answer. So I hope you guys have come prepared with some questions for us because we are just going to sit here and talk to you guys about streaming for <laughs> the next hour or so. Uh, I am joined by my lovely co-host Hunter Wild. How's it going, Hunter? Hi, hello. Uh, uh... I completed my consumption of chips and salsa, so I have a very satisfied day. Uh, it's starting out uh, pretty, pretty strong, and it's going to get even better, I think. Wow, this is sounding so formal. Uh, I think we're just getting good at like kind of hosting, <laughs> <laughs> like. And it's going to get better. Just you wait. We're joined <laughs> by, uh, by two beautiful, brilliant, wonderful broadcasters. I'm so honored to be in this this e room. That's not, that's something grandpa says. There's, there are no e-rooms. Back uh, in my in this, day. In this virtual, yeah, this virtual, this virtual room. Uh, joined by, uh, by Danitaj and Cyborg Angel. Uh, good morning. Cyborg Angel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And then, uh, and then Dan, you can give us a, give us a follow-up, you beautiful man. Hello. Um, well, I'm Cyborg Angel. I'm a British uh, partner streamer on Twitch. I've been streaming just over two years, been partnered in full-time just over a year. And I stream anything from new releases with PlayStation, Capcom, as well as other um, companies and devs. And I also do virtual reality streams as well and mixed reality streams. That's right. So, That's awesome. I don't, I've yeah. never done VR streaming or VR at all. It's a techie thing the whole way through. It's like I've... dealing with technical difficulties just continuously. <laughs> yeah. I bet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll do a follow up on Cyborg Angel. Uh, she's the she's the very best, and she's she's also her her, her Oh, you meant you meant on me. Well, yeah, she is yeah. the best. She, is, she is the best. That's true. She does a lot of really awesome VR streams that I like to watch and have fun with. Um, no, so yeah, my name's my name's Dan Dano Danotage Danotage Denotage. It goes Danotage is my personal favorite. Danotage <laughs> that was uh, coined by. Uh, the one and only Mr. Retro Gaijin. Um, and no, I, I, so I, I mean, I prefer video games. That's what I stream. I stream video games and lots and lots and lots of them. <clears throat> right now I'm playing Enter the Gungeon. It's just kind of what I, what I like to do there. Um, play, I've used to play a lot of Monster Hunter. Um, World's not really my jam, but everything else is. So Generations Ultimate will be super fun. I'm ready for that. Um, but World's I stream. It was my jam. Um, but I play, I stream twice a day and go one morning, one afternoon, and we just have fun. I like to talk about streaming in general and with, with my, my community because there's a lot of streamers that hang out in my community and they all have stuff to talk about and share information. So yeah. I like doing that. So yeah. Um, I, I do PR for Guardian Con. I work stuff. I'm a writer. I have fun. That's it. Yay. It's awesome. We got a lot going on. Um, so we're going to answer your streaming questions and uh, Hunter's going to check the Discord for a message and uh, we'll start gathering your <clears> questions <throat> uh, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. And uh, yeah, so I would say if you guys want to, uh, if you guys want to start asking your questions, feel free. I'll start throwing them in our chat. Um, the first thing I'd like to tackle is uh, is chroma keying. <clears throat> uh, uh, Dan, I've I've noticed that uh, that you don't have a green screen in your background. How's that working out for you versus me? You can't see it. 
<laughs> it's that good. <laughs> it's there. It's I've already amazing. I've already done it for you. It's fine. I don't know how. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> wow, I mean, Hunter, you look great now. I I fixed you it. Change a shirt. Looks good. It's yellow, okay. It's the yellow shirt. Uh, um, I, mean, I I love not having a green screen, but that's that's personal <laughs> preference. Yeah. It must be. That's so actually a pretty good question. Yeah. yeah. What's but, that? Up? Uh, yeah. What do you mean? What's that up? <laughs> As in, like, to not have to put a green screen up. And oh yeah, no, that's what I mean. I don't do anything. Turn on a stream and that's it. <laughs> Pretty that's much. Well, if you have the Elgato one, it just is like the pop here? up and down. Yeah. Just pop straight Rear? up. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, at the start of my streams, I use uh, I have like a, my background up, and because people like it, like there's some posters and stuff. But when I get in game. I like to take away as much as the background as I can because I don't want to clog up the entire stream, right? Like, so for me, I start. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so I start it's my stream with the green screen down. We talk, we hang out. It's full screen. We're chilling, and uh, then when I get into actual gameplay, I have to go. Whoop, and of course, it's so modifiable. Screen. That's a great idea. Yeah. You're welcome. If I were to use a green screen again, it would probably be that screen because I I, I really enjoy being able to ha see a background it makes uh i've had many comments of people saying hey we feel more connected with you because we can see where you live we can see the space that you're in at, at all times so yeah having the transition between the two obviously has its has its bonuses for real so yeah that's cool yeah see i use yeah. mine to hide a lot of the stuff behind me you'll never know <laughs> good strategy yeah. secret. that's the difference yeah. between me and it. you i don't have i don't have that shame <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm shameless. Same, same situation, but no shame, no no yes. guilt, no anguish, no despair. <laughs> oh man, that and my room is very tiny. That's very very true. Well, you live in you live in like a very very highly populated city, so I can imagine. You live like sardines. Yeah, cramped in. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So uh, we already have a lot of questions, so we're gonna get started. And if yeah, you guys I saw have that any questions. Up um if you guys have any questions while we're talking feel free to post them just keep in mind we'll probably be like 10 questions before yours because there's a lot queued up so um our first question comes from chef hazmat chef asks what are your thoughts about themed streams for certain days like retro saturdays or wacky game wednesdays i have plenty of thoughts on that um it's i think they're they're good and fun for your community um often they require you to play a weird game that people aren't used to which obviously as a variety streamer makes things very difficult um they're very good for people who have established communities because you know what's going on you know that it's happening people are going to show up no matter what uh so if you have that and you know and you're and you care about your core audience and want to just make things weird and fun i think they're great um they're they're very 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 difficult for growth i would say but i think they're fun i have one strong recommendation for this it seems to be there are a couple of ways in which that kind of um, structure has worked incredibly well for some people. For most of us, I think it doesn't tend to work really well uh, for uh, for a variety of reasons that totally tie into what Dan was saying. I, my my biggest suggestion for doing something like that would be to name a day after something that you do. Like I have uh, free to play Friday and mix it up Monday. But I do them like once every three months. This isn't an every Monday, every Friday thing. It's when I don't have anything to play, 
And I'm like, ooh, I really want to get back into Warframe, Path of Exile, uh, Dauntless. Those are my top three free-to-play games. I'm like, now's a great time. We're just going to start it on Friday. And we'll call it, we'll pretend like it's a, a formal thing. We'll pretend like this is a thing that I do all the time. And people come in and they're like, oh, alliteration. Oh, that works great. Yeah, this must be like official. And then it, uh, it seems to play really well. And then people ask about it when it's not happening. Like, hey, I'm really excited to see it again. I'm like, oh, just you wait. It'll show up at some point. <laughs> and that and that seems to work out really well. And I've seen that kind of advice from a couple of people where it's like, if you do it every single time, you're missing out on a lot of other opportunities, other games that have been performing really well for you. You force yourself to stop playing them so that you can play something else that doesn't do as well. Why would you make that choice? Just for consistency there. But consistency is supposed to be productive and it's not here. So make the smarter choice, I would say. That can vary from person to person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to say like, um, I mean, pretty much I couldn't what you guys said, like, you don't want to clog up your schedule too much with like all these themed things that involve playing games that aren't new. If you can maybe like utilize that theme to like play games that still have interest or still have a yeah. uh, hype, like, um, for me, I'm experimenting with doing something like this with, uh, I'm doing a collaboration with Gubba, uh, called, uh, Fortnite Flavors, where it's Mondays. It's two hours. Uh, it's a game that is very saturated. So it's got it's got hype, but uh, it's definitely something that my community doesn't like to see very often. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do a collaboration with someone else to make it different, make it unique, uh, and just a- enough that it's like, okay, I really like Fortnite. It's, uh, it's definitely something I want to keep around, but like I'm not playing it six hours every day where yeah. it would probably hurt my stream yeah see i i kind of agree with um hunter with this because um it's if you've got a game or another game that you need to cover or something comes out that you need to cover or you've been looking forward to and you've got this weekly um stream that you do every week it can be detrimental because you're suddenly cutting that short when you have something else planned that you needed to do or if you're going through a playthrough of a story for instance and you start on monday and it's not going to finish the story until thursday (laughs) but oh hang on you've got something to do on a wednesday yeah. So hang on a second, we've got to stop this story and we've got to do this Wednesday activity. I, I think that's where it wouldn't work for me because when I do story modes or story games, I play it the whole way through until it finishes. Um, so I couldn't commit to anything on a weekly basis. But yeah. monthly or every couple of weeks, yeah, that's definitely doable. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Con- the word consistency means so many different things, right? <laughs> consistency can mean like your personality and being consistent there. It could be your randomness in what you play can be consistent. But I think, especially here on Twitch, where people stream every day a lot of the time, having something where you build momentum on, let's say, a game that is super hyped up and your community loves it and you're bringing people in every day, and then you just kill it. Bye! (laughs) Anybody... Anybody who showed up and was slightly interested may consider never coming to your stream again. All those people who are on the fence. And obviously that scales a lot, right? So like I've been doing all of these launch events and I can get, you know, if it's a low scale thing, 280 people, which is around my average, a little bit lower. If it's a high scale thing, it's 600 people, right? And those, a lot of those are people who've never been to my channel before, ever. And so they're on the fence, justifiably, understandably. That's how that kind of thing works. And if they come in the next day and it's nothing at all like yeah. what we were just doing, they have no opportunity to, to, to connect 
uh, in the way that I want them to. A handful will, and you know, they're going to be into variety, which is great. That's a perfect fit for me because that's what I like. That's what I like doing. But giving people an opportunity to connect and, and have that consistency, like what Cyber Ranger was saying, is like you have this this narrative that you're going to be playing for like eight days in a row and finishing it from start to finish. They follow along in the story, but not just the story your perception of it, your engagement with it. And that draws people in a lot. You don't necessarily want to just like cleave that in half and hope that it works out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, our next question comes from Accident Child, who asks, being that my name is, well, what it is, I am contemplating changing my name before I get a real following. Any tips? Well, if you got to do a name change, it's definitely best to do it now rather than later. Completely so agree. That's, that's first and foremost. Or else it just gets me. <laughs> it gets me. Yeah. I mean, we saw that we saw that this week, and I won't name who it was, but <laughs> we started calling her by her old name, and I was like, "Oh, that's not her name anymore, huh?" And it just sort of becomes a, a, a meme. But in the same way, yeah, if you're feeling any doubts about your name, which, by the way, I I think your name's awesome, but if you have any doubts about your name, do it now before you have a following. Um, you may have a little bit of a following, and there, some people may drop off, but it's better than having a large amount of people drop off because they have no idea who you are anymore yeah, um I'm, I'm time, yeah exactly a lot of the time people don't really they don't know who it is anymore i i, I will see names on twitter yeah. all the time like why did i follow i don't even know who this is and then you you, you look into it and you're like oh oh that's who it is. it's my best friend my bad <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you're like what what just happened <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, I mean, Dan Stalker 360 no scope yellow. That was my old man. <laughs> Changed it. Cyber um, you were gonna say? Oh, yeah. I was gonna say. I was just gonna agree. I was gonna say it's it's risky. It's just risky if you do it later on. Very the longer risky. you leave it, the more of a risk it is because just people ain't gonna notice or they're not gonna get the memo. You can yeah. tweet it out. You can put it on all your social media. They just they just might not get the memo, and then you won't get that visitor again or they're not going to recognize the notification. So Most people don't see when you tweet out that stuff, right? A handful of people will see it. And a hand, that's the, those are the only people who okay. are actually going to notice and pay attention. And frankly, because they see it, those are likely the people who follow you really closely anyway, where it's not as important because they're going to be coming in and watching every day. They already know that you're going to be changing. You've been talking about it on stream. They watch every stream. They favorite every tweet. They're already engaging a lot. Well, we yeah. just... so. I mean, that's Twitter in general, right? You have yeah, you know, 80,000 followers or 100,000 followers, 20,000, probably 20,000 at most are going to see a tweet per when you tweet it, right? Or when you talk about it, because that's how Twitter works. You're scrolling through a bunch of stuff and <laughs> you can have super, yeah, that's, I mean, my thumb is probably going to break for the time. <laughs> I've got one bicep Because <laughs> you need like any, I miss tweets every single day, like. Hunter Hunter's one of my greatest friends and I miss a lot of his tweets and I would love to see everything he says but you know it's just how Twitter works yeah um, absolutely we were, but we were just going back to like just the name change in general mm -hmm. we were, I, I was talking about this I don't think they would mind me talking about them but Simcopter one and Berbrosive or we, I call it, her name is Brosive but she has two B's and two F's at, the, at either end oh and, yeah and she, they were like con contemplating hey if I wanted to change a name what would it be and it's like well they ended up not changing their name because that's what they're known as. That is their brand at that point. It may right. have two B's and an F. It might have a one at the end, but the point is they know you as that, no matter mm -hmm. what it is. Um, I think there's, I think there's special cases. That. 
exactly mm-hmm. that. I wouldn't know who it was if it if she changed it too too dramatically. Right. Yeah. I would say like if you're having doubts now and you're struggling with your name, like definitely like change it to something that you can be happy with. Like I mean, so do that you now, seem very self aware, right? It, it, like Axe and Child, like you named yourself that, you know, it's with self deprecation and so some mockery that would come along with it seems totally you would accept you ex- expect that and accept it. Uh, but there yeah. will be probably there will be days where you're frustrated at a game or frustrated with some things that were happening in chat. And then somebody also points out, uh, brings up some mockery with accident child. And because it's it's built right in there, it's like you've you've handed them that thing uh, and that might take you over the edge. It's it's uh, definitely a generally a better idea, in my opinion, to have something that minimizes where uh, the points of of mockery can happen. Like I get the hunter yeah. mild and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, today's a little, today's a low day. <laughs> like that's not a problem for me, you know? Um, one thing. So I want to respond to one thing in chat. If that's, if that's something we do here. No, you're not alone. You, we ignore no? chat completely. I just watered my face with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules, man. <laughs> freak out, man. No, uh, so so Accident Child responded with, uh, I just find branding the name Accident Child impossible. But the point is, the name itself doesn't matter when you're branding. Nothing, like none of the part of that matters unless it blatantly says a message, right? Which, it's, it's you're sending a message with everything you say, but it's not blatant, right? The Hunter Wild, what does that what does that mean? That means anything he wants it to mean, right? Yeah, Danner that must be really straightforward, but yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> but you can do all kinds of stuff with your branding. Your brand is anything. Your brand is what you do. Your brand is your personality. It's not. It's not something that becomes a theme. What does Danotage mean? Yeah. Anybody, right. Can anybody tell me? What does it yeah. mean? It means. It means nothing, right? And, and you can be really playful with it. Accident yeah. child, and you can put that in pastel colors in a field of flowers, and suddenly that's comical because it's ironic, right? And there's like a strong juxtaposition there between this calm and serene pastoral setting uh and the and the beautiful colors and then the you know accident child and it's like that's like jarring by itself and you're already getting attention that has nothing to do with the words there nothing to do like you're not you're not taking it and being very direct and literal and that's a lot of what branding is about is allowing there to be a connection and a memory of the thing uh that doesn't necessarily mean you're you're taking those words and you're showing them literally with visuals i know what a loco i know what a loco is though so that's straightforward yeah, no, super straightforward. <laughs> Our next question comes from Lack of Words, who says, how do you engage with chat in VR? Do you have someone read it for you or embed chat inside? So could you repeat that again? Like, cut off on the... Uh, how do you engage with chat in, in VR? Uh, do you have someone reading it for you or do you embed chat inside? Um, yeah, so it, it basically, for me, uh, I use a special software where you implement um, a pop-out chat from Twitch in the VR. Um, there's certain places that you can put this in the virtual world. So you can have it on the wall in a virtual world if you're just in a static place. Um, so keep looking up at this virtual wall and it will just be on there. Or um, So a lot of the time with um, flight simulators or something like that, I'll have it, or like a driving game in VR, I'll have it on the dashboard. Um, but then you've got games where you walk about and usually I put it on the back of my controller. Now there are a number that of things. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that, that's the best one. Tool. I- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the best one so far, but there are a number of ways and number of programs you can use for this, but literally just Googling VR, Twitch, Twitch chat in VR, um, it comes up with a ton of different 
pro uh, programs you can use. Some are really complex um, and some are a little bit simpler, but you will need a bit of a techie mind for any of it, really. That's that's really important too to have that tool because I, I remember when VR first came out, uh, it was no like one constant. wanted to play it. <laughs> yeah, no one wanted to play it because like you couldn't read chat and like if oh. if you're ignoring your chat, then uh, you know like <laughs> you're uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean that it's like what is the point? Like I mean a lot of people. A lot of people like to interact with the streamer. So that's, I remember watching Bert get really know. frustrated with that. He'd, he'd, uh, it's like day one, he just unboxed it yeah. and set everything up. And he was, he kept having, he, he has this, you know, a big room and his green screens and the barrels walls are all painted or whatever. And he'd have to, he'd take it off and run up to the screen and read chat real quick and then like back up and <laughs> settle back in. And 10 minutes later, he'd like run up and try and scroll through and see what was going on. It was just, it seemed to bug him a lot. Having tools like yeah. that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, sure. I remember, um, uh, another streamer, Ruby True, when she first got her VR headset and she had hers before mine. I remember when I popped into hers and hers was one of the first VR streams that I'd seen, she did exactly the same thing. It was a case of lifting off the VR headset, checking stuff and then going back to it. And I just, I thought I can't physically try or start doing a VR stream until I know that there's a tool that I can use. So I used yeah. like one of the first VR chat tools, um, which was so complex and kept crashing every hour, and I wouldn't realize it crashed. And I'd be looking at the back of my controller, going, "Well, no one spoke in the last minutes. Oh no, it's crashed. Yeah. They've been talking. Yeah. Just couldn't see anything." But um, yeah, I mean, I had to wait. I wanted to wait until that program was out. Now there, and there's a lot more stable ones out now. Good. Yeah, that's that's definitely really important. Uh, next question is from the Mounting, who says. How do you find a healthy life and streaming balance? Is there a, such a thing as too many days off? <laughs> it's one of those subjects. I've got zero answers for that. <laughs> this is something we talk about very often. Uh, I have a do what had... I say, not what I do situation. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to what Hunter does. I know that don't, for a Don't fact. take what I right. do, yeah. but I definitely have a really good perspective on it. What were you saying, Loco? Um. What was, oh, we've, we've had a couple of shows on this topic, if my mods could help me. <laughs> um, it, is, <laughs> it is a very tough topic. Is there yes. such a thing as too many days off? For streaming, yes. Yeah, I mean, there is. is, like, if you take a lot of time off, it's hard to grow. It's hard to keep your following. Yeah. I mean, if you need it, that's a different thing, right? Like, you got to yes. do what's best for you ultimately. Absolutely. But if you're, gonna, if you're asking whether it's going to hurt your stream, yeah. It's gonna hurt, uh, but it, you know, you make that relationship with your, you make that relationship with your community. They'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah, about but it I think much. that I, I, Dan and I have talked about this specific thing before. Uh, is that the the nature of it hurting your stream is within a very narrow context. Um, that that assumes that a stream can only be benefited in certain ways. Metrics are the only way in which streams can be benefited. Uh, but there are a lot of easy arguments to make and a lot more complex ones as well beyond that for for why that's not necessarily true most obvious and relatively extreme one is that if you have a bill one billionaire who watches your stream constantly and you satisfy whatever that billionaire's needs are for entertainment who cares stream once a month and if they're just going to be feeding you money like right so like what's the nature of success there if the nature of success is just getting tons of viewers we can do that with a lot of games and not make a good career out of streaming you can have, I have a sub count dramatically higher than people with 10,000 viewers sometimes for a variety of reasons. 
health of stream is not the same thing as having, you know, a hundred new followers every day, having a higher viewer count this month than last month. That's not necessarily the nature of a healthy stream. Um, and, and a lot of that ties back into a healthy streamer. Uh, and the, the obvious examples are if you're unhealthy and you have to take a lot of days off because you didn't treat your, your, your health and your life well uh, at an earlier point, and now you're frazzled and now you're feeling fragmented and fractured in your mind and you're, um, you're eating trash food and you're burning out, well, how's that going to help the success of your stream? Right. So a lot of it's foresight, a lot of it's like vision, like what do you actually want to achieve? How can you do that best? All that stuff ties in together. Uh, success is not is not as direct and straightforward as those numbers just keep going up. Taking days off can be less successful producing um, in a certain in a certain light, but not but ultimately that I don't think that's that's inherently true. And it's a trap every single one of us gets into. Probably 10 minutes before that question, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, oh, I want those numbers to be bigger and better. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's a such thing as is streaming too much too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you stream too Absolutely. much for several reasons. There's bad. That's bad. One, if you get burnt out, I don't probably probably don't want to watch your stream because you're probably not on top of your game. You're probably not even close to the top of your game because you're so tired. You're so exhausted. You're not feeling well. Things are just going badly. Plus, like, if you're streaming all the time, no matter what, twenty four seven. You're going to run out of content. You're going to run out of things to say. You're going to, people are going to get bored of you because you're repeating the care. same jokes. Yeah. It's the same thing. And, and so, I mean, they, they talked about this. They talk about this with OPG a lot. There's a reason that they work on programs to give their streamers vacations, right? Yeah. Because you need to step out and just refresh. Cause I'll tell you right now, a happy streamer is a better streamer always. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Completely agree. One hundred percent. Completely agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh what? I, I said I was trying to talk then, but I realized I'd mute myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Something that happens on my stream quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, I was just going. Sorry, go on, Loco. You can speak first. Oh no, no. I was going to move on. So go ahead. Oh okay. I was going to say like I am really bad for having the unhealthy balance. I'll get to the stage i think where, we all are yes yeah i'll get to the stage where i've got everything right and i'm sleeping the right hours and i'm like getting up and starting at the right times and then all of a sudden i'll have a new idea or a new project and i'll spend one whole night <laughs> ed editing or um like researching something or creating a whole new scene <laughs> that takes three hours instead of 10 minutes and you end up getting <laughs> hours sleep that night and then that's it you you're on a spiral and it just spirals out of control and I, I think a couple of weeks ago I actually over the course of four days I probably had about 15 hours 18 hours sleep which is just not great and for a whole week oh, four days or over four, four days? days or something like that it was something silly it was something like I was lucky if I got four hours or three yeah. hours um and I do I overwork myself at times but I will say that no matter what if you're like if you're concentrating on at least and I say at least giving yourself two days off you must have those two days off just away from everything if you can a lot of people try streaming six, seven days a week. And I think that that's a really easy way of burning yourself out. Yeah. Uh, yep. Not yeah. Having those two days. Some of this can be, I think, a, um, a personal thing. It's, it's, it's something I come back to a lot is, is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses. What you can't do 
is look at that guy over there. I, I actually, okay, I'm the guy in this example. Look at the guy over there and go like, oh, he's sometimes he streams for nine to 15 days in a row, 12 hours a day, 12 hours plus. Um, and look at the good things that are that are happening there. I should try and do the same thing because I want whatever those those things are. A lot of people ask me questions about that. And I'm like, it works for me. I know myself very well. And this is what I did before I started streaming too, is I would work 100 hour weeks uh, as a painter, but I would take three weeks off at a time. I would take these big chunks of time off because I work really well with that. You probably don't. Most people don't work really well with that kind of thing. It's very damaging. It's very painful, but not for me. I know where my strengths and weaknesses are. This is something that I can do and it works really well. I know how to balance it out. Balance is the key and you have to know what that is for you. And for most people, it is taking uh, consistently taking days off to get that refresh, to get that recharge. You plug your phone in at night. Why the hell don't you do that with your damn body? It, it takes some time. Refresh yourself, revivify. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys harsh. talk about this a lot, but the like doing what somebody else does because it works for them is is based. It's shooting your stream in the face, right? It's a horrible never, idea. Yeah. Ever good? Don't yeah. ever compare yourself. You are you, and you're good. You're just as good as you as you are as anybody else being them. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually touched on a lot of these topics. Uh, I was at Guardian Con this weekend. And we did a panel called The Evolution of Content Creation. And we touched Ooh. on a lot of these topics. Yeah, and it was really cool because we had streamers from each platform and a YouTuber. And, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty much the same answer. It's like we can each give our own advice. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be different than, you know, what I do or what Hunter does. Loco was or, the, uh, the Twitch representative. But, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I spent the whole time talking about Mixer and other, the other <laughs> platforms. <laughs> now they're they're growing. Well, um, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a big topic because you know Twitch is pre is pretty established. These others are growing, so there's gonna be a lot of speak around that. But yeah, I mean, sure. in in the end, they're taking kind of what we've learned, and because if they don't, there's gonna be a lot of mistakes and stuff missed, right? Yeah, it, it's definitely a rapidly changing environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, next question comes from Chubby, which, who says, uh, hi, I have a question. I used to have uh, a few people watch me from my Overwatch streams, but I moved to Fortnite and I'm having trouble maintaining viewership for that game. Do you have any tips on expanding your community in such a heavy and saturated game? By not playing that game, honestly. <laughs> well, the question was about heavy and saturated, which is just tough yeah. no matter what. It's right. tough no matter what. If it's a heavily saturated game, expanding your community in there, uh, I mean, realistically, it's doing you the most obvious answer, yeah doing something unique uh hosting special events at the same time as not necessarily hinging all of your uh, self-worth on whether or not those events are successful because one of the problems you run into is oh, i'm going to do this really special event and it's going to be so huge and everybody's going to be really happy with it and then it's not because it's not most of the time that's how you you fail 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 until you succeed you got to get all those failures out of the way uh if you go to host these, these, these events that are really interesting, have an interesting idea, and you're hinging all of your, your self-worth and your, your value, your stream on that, and then it's not successful, you're immediately putting on a worse show, and any success that you did have with that event is now just immediately lost. So it's like, you got to balance a lot of those kinds of things out. Um, saturation by itself is just its own unique problem, and going from one saturated game to another, I mean, it seems like you're already familiar with like kind of how to juggle it, which is really, really nice like how to kind of weather that storm. 
but standing out, doing the things that you can to, to stand out, hosting unique events and competitions with something on the line, that kind of thing. Yeah. If, you're, if you're dedicated to playing only those kinds of games, like that's what you want to do, that's what makes you happy, then that's, that's my suggestion. If you look yeah. at um, you look at any any, I would say medium to high medium streamer that you really respect, like several hundred viewers at a time all the time, and then they automatically switch to a really highly saturated game. There's a good chance that even their viewership is going to go down because mm-hmm. you've got people with thousands and thousands of viewers above them. So nobody, nobody at that point, nobody new is going to come in, right? <laughs> like there's there's no reason for anybody new to find your stream because there's hundreds of streams above it, right? So that. It, it works at least to some point for somebody who's got a dedicated community. So you're going to have your core community. And if they like Fortnite, then they're going to enjoy the stream. But yeah, it's, it's tough unless you're doing something super unique. And then once you do something super unique, you have to then get people to know about it, which is another <laughs> challenge, right? <laughs> you can do something super unique to zero viewers. And like, what's it going to do? It's like, we've, right. we've all had that kind of situation exactly. or known about it at least. Seen yeah. It I mean, it's, it's definitely like, it's an uphill battle. I mean, I don't know how you managed Overwatch. Uh, I mean, it's definitely becoming less saturated now. And yeah, uh, yeah. Overwatch it, it's is unique. So Overwatch has this thing that where people can see what character you're playing, and that that I think, wh- that whittles down the that only I on mean, Twitch, it, by the way. Well, only on Twitch. Yeah, it ramps up the accessibility for people to find you because you see all these streams, right? Hundreds and hundreds of streams playing Overwatch, but maybe you're a guy that only wants to watch. Winston, right? Because you're a main tank and you want to only watch Winston. You're going to only be looking for the Winston characters. So that that helps a little yeah. bit. Overwatch is a little bit of a different case, but Fortnite is definitely not a different case. That's that's a bit tough. Yeah. Mm. That's a really good point. And there's like the objective values there too, right? Is like there are people are always going to complain about how you play a character. It doesn't really matter what you're playing, but in in Disney Overwatch, you got the yeah. <laughs> in Overwatch, you you have like the team dynamic and the group dynamic, and then the different maps, and then the different play types, uh, the different the different modes, and uh, whether it's comp or you know, and then bringing in viewers and stuff to play with you. In uh, in why did I just forget the most saturated game on the entirety of what's it called that we were just Legends? talking about? What Fortnite? What are you talking Fortnite, about? Fortnite. Thank you. Good. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm just, glad it's not just me. You, you we're gonna say no, it's with, not at all. With the forts? I don't yeah, know the game with the, the forts. It's that game. Well, see, this is the electrical <laughs> thing that was coming in. This is the, uh. that's, what that, that's I I tried to. Uh, yeah. But with that, it's like you have you you straight up have like how far you're getting in the match, how many kills you've got, and how you're stacking up directly to everybody else that's playing and everybody else that's streaming. And it's pretty much a one to one comparison unless you're doing something like really goofy. So it's like, it's a much easier to have an objective qualification of whether or not you're worth watching to most people. And that's deeply problematic for trying to grow in that, with that particular game. Now that you pointed that out, Dan, it's an interesting perspective. It's, it's so, one of the, the best things about Mixer is their hype zone and putting people at the top of the streaming list when they're in the top 10 situation. But yeah, that's very right. specific. Sorry, I and, cut somebody um, off. I didn't mean to. No, no, I was going to say, so Chubby says that the only reason uh, they were able to maintain a viewership was because they were a T500 player, top 500, I'm assuming, uh, so it's able to network yeah. with higher player streamers. So that's another way that you can stand out. If you become mm-hmm. a pro, uh, especially Fortnite esports, it's something that's just up and coming. So if you get really good at it, you put in the hours, uh, if you 
do well in tournaments, you're top of the leaderboards, people will recognize your name, people will look for your stream. Uh, if you're, if, you know, people go to the leaderboards of Fortnite, they see you top 10, like they will look for you. Uh, if you're with a pro team, you compete in tournaments, that is definitely a way to climb the ladders in games that are very saturated. So um, it, it could work for you, but like just playing Fortnite on its own, I mean, go to go to Fortnite directory and and scroll down and see where you would be because you, yeah, know, I think you think like people are gonna find you down there. Streams. Oh, jeez, yeah. I can't even imagine. I was gonna like, say, don't count the streams; it's too many. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a buddy who um, before Fortnite worked for hours and hours to get to Masters in uh, League of Legends just because he was like, if I didn't, if unless I'm in Masters, there's no way I'm gonna get interview any viewership. And I was like, yeah, even then, you still have to find some way to get a, at least a little bit of a community together. Yeah. <clears> the <throat> next question comes from uh, Hardo Check. Hardo Check. I don't know if yep. I said that right. Okay. If you weren't streamers, what would you see yourself doing in life? Painter. Uh, well, off off question. Painter. Yeah, you you used to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a really uh, see. I'm the sort of person who wants to do a bit of everything. I'm a like a what's there's a word for it. Um, it's not a handyman, it's um Jack of all Jack trades. Of, Jack of all trades, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I think I just wanna pick up a hobby and then put it down and then do something. You can be a handyman too though. Career. Yeah, I could do. Yeah. Could do. <laughs> Handy person. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think I think I'd probably do be wanting to do something in gaming still or or graphic design. Mm. Or graphic design, yeah. Editing or graphic design. Yeah, so um I mean I do it now. I, I have like Three different jobs now i i but i i i only I, I continue to stream even even though i do other things that i also love because i love streaming it's it's the mm -hmm. best thing in the world obviously so I'm, I'm, i write and uh i write strategy guides i write books and whatnot and i also do pr and those are things that i started doing because of streaming for one hand and and another just because it's that's the industry that i love i love video games in a lot of ways so that is pretty much I, I mean it's hard to answer because it's like even if this wasn't going super well i'd probably still be doing it yeah. <laughs> that's the weird part <laughs> yeah I, I uh when i started before i started streaming i was taking the career path to become a physician assistant so i really? love science yeah i uh worked in a lab for three years i didn't um, know that that's awesome <laughs> yeah i'm a big science nerd <laughs> uh so definitely getting into the medical field um now the thing is is that like now that i have streamed and i've been part of the industry like would i go back that way like i don't think i would i think i would stay in the gaming industry i think i have a lot of know-how and skills that i could use basically like if i was doing i don't know uh streamer square <laughs> uh other things like that like working with like game devs and stuff as like community management or like mm -hmm. um like what opg does like behind the scenes like working for streamers like i probably if i wasn't streaming i'd just work for streamers like yeah. i love yeah. the industry so much yeah. and uh i like I, now i couldn't go back i don't think well yeah i mean we kind of we kind of have a story about that i for those that don't know i used to work for hunter and i did a lot of behind the scenes stuff and then things were just so crazy because I wanted to keep continue streaming and do my thing that it just, you know, it's tough. It's tough doing it all. It's really, yeah. really tough doing it all. So 
you know, I, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be in this world still. Um, but it's great I mean, taking all that knowledge that, that you have from streaming and then making that immediately useful to other streamers. Like you have that ex, you, you are literally an expert in this. <laughs> right. And then, and then using that to facilitate somebody else's streaming stuff. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. you guys are doing with streamer zone and like everything going on here with streamer square is, uh, what did I just say? Um, and then, streamer zone. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't mean to, um, <laughs> it, 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 it's a, you've developed a rule set that, you can take anywhere and make anybody's stream better. Like, yeah, yep. it's it's huge. What you're doing right now is is extremely useful Please for the future, no matter what. I think that's gonna let us slip it down. What's that? <laughs> the streamer zone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the great thing about streaming is that once you get into it and once you become established enough and you've done it for long enough, you can branch into so many other things. Like. If I hadn't started streaming, yeah, it would have been graphic design or editing or something like that. But like you've said, Danitage, it's because you're already in it, you can then do a, a ton of other things. Same as you said, Loco, like I, I wouldn't mind even going into like hosting or into mm -hmm. um, more virtual reality sort of based stuff, maybe doing voice acting or it could yeah. be anything. And I, I, that's why it's so hard to pick because I'm the sort of person who would literally try anything. So... I mean, you don't I really know like how much you're gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this sometimes where uh, people look at streaming and they just see, oh, I could be the next ninja. I play video games and this is it. And like they grind and grind and grind to be a streamer when uh, there's so many opportunities in this industry of, of jobs, things it's that so you can do. So rich and diverse. Right. And it's and like growing. you can still stream, but you can also like get yourself into the, the industry. And that's another way to grow. Not only like if you end up streaming or continue to stream, but like to be a part of the community because you, and you, you might can be innovate and invent a new position too. Yeah, there's and, and stuff think, that like, is going to be commonplace in ten years that nobody's doing right now. You can go absolutely, and do that. yeah, because it's and, such a new industry. You can mm -hmm. you can create those as you go along. There's absolutely, yeah, haven't been made yet. Well, Hunter just yeah, said the I, key I, word. No, go ahead, finish. Sorry, my bad. No, no, I want to hear ahead. how I was smart. I was just saying you said the key <laughs> word. You said it's still growing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody knows, Loco knows. Guardian Con was on the news all weekend. Gaming and streaming was on the news. The traditional media that is really only watched by people like 45 and above was on the news. People who have no yeah. idea who Twitch what Twitch is now are starting to learn. And that's huge. I was saying before Actually, the show started, my dad texted me. That's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually uh, just read an article that the Washington Post is coming to Twitch to do a couple shows. So, yep. um, wow. Like, that's. We just had a BBC article, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I just like look at streaming not as like a, a one dimensional thing, but like, yeah. Like, get involved in other ways. And, um, you know, it, it all ties together. So, yep. Uh, why so serious? Ask. Uh, curious. And for obvious reasons, this doesn't have to get too personal. I, how do you guys deal with mental health slash mental stress with streaming? I know that mental health can take a beating with, with streaming. So, I mean, go, it goes back to the older question, vacations. Mm -hmm. yeah. Taking time off. Yeah, I think exactly what we were talking about before. Uh, making really close relationships with your mods often help. Uh, I'll have private conversations with a group of my mods like once a week. And we'll just talk about what's going on. Talk about 
the things that I'm personally being bothered with. And because I, I know that they're going to keep it between us. Obviously, you have to learn to trust and and get people that you do trust as mods. That's what you should be doing anyway. But being able to chat with them and and get through things because they are watching what you're doing at all times. They can see more than probably what you feel is a good way to just keep things level headed and, and have people that you can lean on that not only know you, but they know what's happening on your stream, right? So they can connect the two. That was a huge, that's huge for me. Yeah. Sometimes you need to hear it from them because they're there all the time as well. That when you've yeah. got a problem or something's going wrong, wrong, they can go, well, hang on a second. It was actually fine. You're overreacting because they, they have seen it the whole time. They have been there. But I think it's really hard to, with the whole, um, mental side of things or mental stress side of things it, it is at times it is hard especially when you've been away from the stream for a, longer than needed or an event to come back and just not let it hit you in the face because yeah sometimes and you 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 make a point of not checking stats and not letting anything affect you while you're away and then you come back and it is really difficult at times to go no it's fine i'm just going to continue like i'm quite lucky i can snap out of it and just go hey it's fine i'm just going to continue doing what i'm going to do and everything is going to get back to what it was it's just a dip there's always dips but other people may find it harder and may find it a lot longer to click out of that no dips always up <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> <Green>. <laughs> We've uh, we covered this topic a couple of times actually on the show. Uh, the mods have linked it, so if you guys want a more in depth um, and I guess discussion about this sort of thing, definitely make sure to check those out. Um, we've had some mental health advocates and streamers come onto the show and talk about this, who are way better at talking about this than I am. But I would say also like don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out. Like. You know, not only to your peers, people you trust, even professional help, like don't feel it's a very I know it's very hard for people to ask for help. It's like especially if you're in that moment. Right. Yeah. I think it's like a, a, a just like a defense thing. Like people just don't want to seem weak. And hardly people um, know they need help. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to it. And, and being somebody who's suffered yeah. from depression the majority of my life, uh, when you're in a depressive state, you tend to feel like you're not worth help too, right? And there's a bunch of things that are just like that where you're like, well, so I'm not going to bother anybody uh, and uh, and I don't need it uh, or I, I deserve what's happening. There's all this stuff that's like really complex and it's really deeply troubling uh, when you're looking at it from the outside. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to, when you're in a good state, establish some rules for yourself uh, when you're feeling good and fine you're like okay when i when i have a problem i'm going to make sure that i i already have the resources i know who it is that i'm going to call i've already done my research on you know a therapist that i might want to go see i've already you know checked them out and uh whatever it happens to be i already have that network in place sort of so that when it does happen you don't want to do a lot of work on yourself when you're in a troubled spot <laughs> that has to have already been done so that you can then just like kind of jump into it and, and you don't have to deal with all of those checks that you have on yourself. Uh, so if you're talking yeah. about like the serious deep end stuff, um, it's, it's, it's complex and, and tough, but uh, this industry is full of people and it's about people. So fortunately we have a lot of people that we can talk to and a lot of people who deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend uh, Blue Jay <laughs> and uh, Jesse Quill are two people yeah. that, 
Uh, we've Absolutely. had on the show to talk about this exact thing. They uh, speak a lot about mental health, and um, uh, they would definitely be able to probably give some more answers if you guys are, are looking for some resources. So I definitely recommend checking them out. And also look for mental health um, panels at TwitchCon. If you're going to TwitchCon, yeah. you can, of course, go to them uh, in person and ask your own questions while you're there. But if you're not going, fortunately, it's Twitch, so it's all broadcast to Twitch. You can uh, you can check the schedule. At, uh, we're still in the process of you know submitting panels, all of us. We, we streamers. Um, Today's the last day. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, at some point in the next uh, two months, you should be able to see what the schedule is going to be. And uh, make sure that you you follow Twitch. Is it just just TwitchCon on Twitter? I think. Um, yes. It is just yes. at TwitchCon, not like yeah. TwitchCon eighteen or whatever. Um, so if you if you follow them, then you can keep up with uh, what they post about the scheduling and uh, see all the information that you need to see to make sure that you get the information from a structured panel of people who are conversing on this. Uh, that usually includes people with some professional expertise and a lot of experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's at least like two or three mental health panels per year. At yeah. Least. They're, they're, sure. yeah, they're big and they're great. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing. Like being a, a, it's a lot of stress in streaming. I was actually talking about this in my chat today a little bit. It's like, it's not just playing video games. It's like anyone, any one of you guys that have streamed in chat, you guys know, like there's, it's, it's not as easy once you actually do it. Um, so taking care of yourself, at the end of the day is super important to, mm -hmm. to trying to, you know, keep your head in a, in a good space. I think especially as a streamer too, because while you're not responsible for other people and their, and their happiness, uh, you play a major role in their lives. Uh, this is true of everybody that I watch and of, of me to people who, who, who watch me as well. And if I'm not in a good, a good mental state, I'm throwing off everybody who's, you know, participating in my stream, everybody who's engaging with me. Uh, so doing the best to keep ourselves up and healthy uh, and uplifted has that effect continuing outward on, on other broadcasters and therefore on and on and on, as well as uh, that kind of end stop point for us, which is uh, just the, the, the everybody who watches us all the time. It's really a really important consideration. Yeah. Our next question comes from, uh, Queen Krimni, who says, speaking of connecting with the audience, what is your guys' opinion on streaming without a face cam? What are some of the challenges to get over as a new streamer who doesn't have or wants a webcam on their face? Um, having one thought about this a lot and two, watch a lot of streamers who don't use face cams. There is, there is, there are no downsides to either one. Well, that, to to comparing the two, right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the downsides either. No, they're downsides. Sorry, that, that's <laughs> no no downsides to comparing the two because mm -hmm. no matter what, you have a few seconds to catch an audience, right? Whether you're, you know, I I cheated because of the mustache. I cheat, so it keeps people around just by looking at me real quick. Um, but for the most part, like you got to either be entertaining. Or you gotta be, or you have to be entertaining no matter what, whether you're visually entertaining or speaking. Wait, what's on the other side of this? You either have to be entertaining or what? What's no, the other you, you, only, you have to be entertaining, right? Um, because you know, no matter what, you when you're when you're off camera, you still gotta be saying things that are something you want to listen to. When you're on camera, you still gotta be saying things that are things things that people want to listen to. Um, the only thing that that comes with the face cam is sometimes people feel a little bit more connected. However. 
if you're doing off cam properly, they're going to feel connected anyway. So Absolutely. it's, I, I think that you go with whatever you're most comfortable with always. Because the more comfortable you are, the better you're going to be as a broadcaster, right. no matter what. So yeah. might as well do it, do the one that's best for you. If you're on cam and uncomfortable, I mean, when is that not going to show? Then they have like double the evidence that you're uncomfortable because they can see you being uncomfortable and they can hear you being <laughs> uncomfortable. It's like, why, why, why load that up? If you're uncomfortable on cam, don't use a cam, but you have to be aware of some of the counterbalances, uh, like what Dan was saying, looking at the, looking at and, and having talked to a lot of people who don't use uh, webcam, you can obviously uh, Lyric, uh, Bike Man, uh, Smashly, Skin Teen, a lot of people who don't use Smashly them. Smashly recently rated one of the most entertaining broadcasters on Twitch by some some major article. So just, I mean, with, without a cam, she's doing fantastic. Fantastically. <laughs> so. And it, I think it requires a different kind of awareness. Um, I, I personally would hate to not use a cam uh because i rely on you can see how like emotive i am i talk with my hands a lot and i when i'm disappointed i don't say anything a lot of times i hang my head is i've got the whole the, everything that people see um the silence can be really powerful without a cam as well uh, but you you really have to can make a more considerations to how that's structured uh, because it's slightly less natural which definitely doesn't make it worse by any means, but it, it can be tougher to get into the right mode. Once you're in it, you can learn it really easily. And it's only, it's not gonna take you very long to like figure out how to structure your engagement to make it the most powerful one you can be with or without a camera. Uh, it can just be a little bit more natural with a camera in certain circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I will say that like when you start streaming, I think one of the hardest things to do is be out of the gate super entertaining and talkative like i think it's one of the biggest things people struggle with especially when you don't have anyone talking in your chat uh when i started streaming like i had people talking but i was also just very shy very quiet timid and when you don't have a, a face to look at someone's reactions or anything it's it's you have like a, a larger weight on your voice and the fact that you have to keep talking so yeah, yeah. um you know that might t take a little bit to get used to it's definitely a, a it's definitely tougher. You have like less time to get people's attention because mm -hmm. there's nothing for people to look at. And people kind of want to leave very quickly. But if you can be very engaging, very entertaining, then um, it's it's definitely viable. Just tougher. That's why I think clips are awesome because even if you're if you're if somebody comes in and they're like, oh, he's not really or he or she is not really saying anything super interesting, they go look at your clips and find out that you have like some really cool moments. You know, they're gonna stick around, and wait for those moments because that's what mm -hmm. that's kind of what streaming is about. When you stream for eight to ten hours, you're not gonna the entire eight to ten hours is not gonna be one hundred percent blazes blades of glory now in the speak air. Speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I have twelve hours of action packed streams every day. You have way more experience than a lot of us do. <laughs> I don't have action packed. So I have definitely my my lulls. <laughs> I think with um with with my my opinion with them I kind of agree with all of you guys like it depends on how you are and if you can um are you engaging enough and can talk enough about what you're doing and put across what you're thinking constantly uh, then you can do fine without a camera um, absolutely me like I I can <laughs> I def a lot on my stream and I make silly mistakes or knock something over or um obviously with VR um I've like flown <laughs> back when something's like grabbed me in VR before. So for me, the 
that Cam is not just there for the entertainment, but to capture all, capture all my derp moments and yeah. all my mistakes and me just creating major fails, basically. Um, and again, with story games as well, for me, um, silence can sometimes say a lot more. Like yeah. there's no way I could voice a really emotional part of a game. I, I feel that, and again, it will be different for every person, but I, I think with an emotional part, of the game I will go dead silent but everyone will be able to see exactly what I'm thinking because I can't hide it from my face yeah. and my expression um so yeah uh, I mean it de depends depends on the and, person and how you put it across and alternatively like with the story games there are especially if you like if people know who you are so obviously you have you have the obvious positives of having a cam and people watching your emotions as you react but without a cam on story games people kind of wait for your reaction and they're very like that makes it makes it almost sought after it's like oh what is what is what is he or she gonna say once this mm -hmm. is over like i want to know like how do they audibly react to this yeah and i think on the uh for the like counterbalance kind of emotive situation uh, it's it's easy for me to point to skin teen for this one she yeah. does all of these noises and bizarre things that uh, that in my head are a one-to-one -one ratio with seeing it on somebody's face. Like when something's happening and she's like, blah, 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 and she's, you know, doing something weird, you know exactly what's going on and you don't have to see the face to know what's it. And that's a, a really powerful way that she is, that she has balanced that out um, where it's, it's not in any way a sacrifice to not have the camera. Cause you can tell that she's like shaking her head really fast in this frustration, like freaking out and tensed up. And it's, it all sounds like that. As it's as it's coming out, whereas you know, with me, like I can even have a dead mic, and you're gonna see all of, you're gonna see me freaking out and like you know moving or like if I'm playing a racing game, like I'm turning the controller because I'm an idiot, like a child, like everybody does that same kind of stuff. Um, and uh, uh, I I, th I think it's I think it's important whether you have a camera or not to make considerations about how to maximize what you do have and how to make the best use of it uh, in a way that allows people to connect with you. So either way that you do it. Uh, just give it some good thinkies. One quick note is um, when when I so I I actually mix back and forth sometimes. Um, when I'm streaming with more than one other person, if I'm doing a, a like four or five person uh, cooperative stream, I'll actually turn the camera off because it allows people I think to be more engaged with everybody talking instead of just watching some just watching me listening, right? Because obviously I'll react and stuff like that, but having instead of like watching the camera and being like, "Who's talking right now?" and it's definitely not Dan talking, so who's talking <laughs> or what have you, it's it's more engaging on what's happening as a whole, and I think it's a little bit less auditory like explosion. So, Is that for games, for certain games, yeah, huh. mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like um, when I do, I do, I, I used to do a show a week. I'll probably be bringing it back soon called the Mini Boss where we would just play three games for three hours and switch between games. And then I just turn the camera off that way. Everybody knows what's going Everybody knows what's going on in the game. And we're all talking about it and stuff like that. And you hear four different voices in the background. Yeah. See, I sometimes do that with um, story games. So depending on the story game and depending on how mm. um, immersed I want my viewers, because I, a lot of the time, like you said, they're watching you, but you want them to enjoy the game and feel the game as you are playing it. Um, so there will be certain cutscenes, or usually at the very beginning of a game, the very long intro scene, I'll turn off the webcam and I'll put it on um, just the game for those cutscenes so they can really feel the game the way I am.
Um, at times, yes, they do miss out on the expression when I don't realize something big's gonna happen and then I, they can sort of hear me in the background going, oh my gosh, but um, <laughs> yeah. And then turning it on quickly, like, ah, what's happening? But a lot of the time with really, really immersive story games, I will turn it off for the very vital moments. See, I'm the opposite. I never turn my cam off for that those kind of things because, like, I know that that chat is watching me to see those reactions, and I am very, mm-hmm. I get very immersed. Like, I will cry, I will yeah. be shocked. Like, I'm very easy to entertain <laughs> with watching like cinematics and like plot twists and stuff. So, my chat would probably all collectively unsub, unfollow, unwatch. <laughs> everything if i turn the camera off and, and they miss something they would just riot i want to do the opposite i want to do a really in-depth story game with a lot of immersion and go full stream camera audio of the game <laughs> just me reacting to everything yep <laughs> that would be interesting uh uh so our next question is from miss silent kill who asks what do streamers do about healthcare and dental Hey, way more than I should. <laughs> we have, I live in California. We have pretty okay state healthcare, dental, yeah. and vision, stuff like that. Most, I mean, I don't know what anybody else does. <laughs> but... Okay, Joel. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have those problems in the UK. Yep. Not the same <laughs> I issue. We do for dental, but yeah, like, but go on. No, sorry, go on, Dan. You were speaking. No, I'm pretty much what? done. I mean, we had, I, California is pretty easy when it comes to stuff like this. I don't, most states don't have the same things we do, but California is, is definitely still have their, their um, state healthcare and mm-hmm. you know, it keeps it pretty cheap and affordable. Um, it's not like the best, it's not like the greatest insurance in the world, but it'll still do everything you need it to. And you won't yeah. have to sit with a broken leg for a week, which is nice. Yeah. That's my situation. Just a little further North too. Pretty, pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so we go. Oh, oh no, go ahead, because I'm curious. Um, I'm gonna I, real quick. Yeah, yeah, for I, I, for, for me, uh, in the UK, we do have the NHS, which is um, our, you know, our healthcare here is provided for us. We can go private if needed. It's not the best, but it will get you seen. However, with dental care, we do have to pay for that. Um, and I will sort of go whenever I need to and with for checkups, but I won't go for the smallest thing because you know you have to end up paying, like, how much just to get seen and go oh no it's fine it was it was nothing you know or do you know what I mean um but we do obviously still have to pay a small part of our earnings um extra to the government because we have those services so it's kind of like swings and roundabouts we end up paying um national insurance um which is a percentage of our wages all the time to to the government in order to get like that you guys still pay for it it's just it's required so that everybody has it, right? And that's yeah. instead of we're here, Basically. you don't have to technically have it, but should. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. If so, right now with the U.S. system, it's like when you're, I think, when you're 26, when you turn 26, mm-hmm. you can't use your parents' insurance anymore. Yep. Uh, with Twitch, you're not uh, an employee, so they don't offer health insurance for streamers so you have to get your own insurance um if you don't get insurance you have to pay a penalty so (laughs) you have to get you pretty much like you might as well get insurance yeah yeah with with, um 
with how Obamacare works, it's like, yeah, if you don't sign up for insurance, you, you pay a monthly penalty. So it's, and it's way more expensive than just getting insurance. That's good, yes. Right? I guess it, it makes everyone get it just in case you end up in a really crappy situation. But I, I, again, well, I'm not going to see it. It's debatable. Um, it, I don't it's, pay it's a ton a... for my insurance. It's not like a, a stupid amount. Yeah, I don't I don't pay a stupid amount. I know I in some circumstances, like uh, I think Ethalian pays a ridiculous amount for his insurance, but he's also got three kids now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ethalian? Yeah. Does he have one kid? No. They just had their multiple? third. Oh, that yeah, was their third? Their third baby. Yeah, I think he's so, got he's got like a six year old, three, four year old, and then a brand new baby. I think the insurance is just kind of stacks up in situations like that could be you know but i'm a solo player right here it's it's pretty pretty affordable for me yeah um so i will ask the mods to link a super helpful article uh from chickenators who you've seen in chat from time to time uh he, he is a financial planner so he has helped a lot uh with not only me and, and other streamers but uh, providing some guides on the site about this kind of stuff. Uh, I will definitely plug their show that that him and uh, Shang at Law do together on Sundays. Yeah. They just had an awesome episode yesterday about DMCA's uh, with uh, my lawyer friend on the show. So uh, definitely check out that show that they do. It's called Your Brand Your Business, and uh, you can check the vods too because they uh, they're they're professionals. So they kind of have like the legal know-how for yeah. a lot of the stuff where we're like, I, yeah, we're <laughs> sure, yep, this is what we do. Chickenators um, just literally helped me with something. Yeah, it's super, super helpful. Uh, oh, thank you, Chef. So yeah, it's LinkedIn chat. It's 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 for U.S. streamers, but the same principles kind of apply. Uh, you should get health insurance. Um, yeah, so next question comes from Odie Games, who says, how do... Each of you prefer uh, to approach other streamers about collabs and co-op streams. I don't. Hey, hunt, hunter, no. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's it's a strange it's a strange thing for me. I'm I'm I think I'm somewhat unique in this. I don't uh, I don't enjoy multi-streaming with video games. I love stuff like this, and so it's a, a bit of a different thing. This feels like asking people to have a conversation which is what I'm doing by asking them to have a, we're already right. So it's like, it's a bit of a natural extension there. I, so I don't know. What do you do? Do the three of you do, do. So I, I think there's different contexts about this question, right? If you're asking this question, it sounds like you're thinking about going up to somebody that you don't really know very well. If you know the person pretty well, I, I, if I, I usually have their phone number or I have their discord, I'm like, Hey, you want to, yeah. you want to do something this weekend? Let's, let's play some, I just hit up Sir Slaw the other day. Want to play some Dauntless this weekend? He's like, yeah, sure. And then we pretty much went about it like that. If you're talking about streaming or with somebody you may not know very well. You know, it's all, it's about the introduction and developing a relationship. Hey, uh, so I watch your stream a lot. This is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, I, I tend to do some collab streams. If you want to watch some, here's some links. Um, if you want to do something, maybe we're around the same size and help each other out, or I just think we'd get along very well. Maybe we can do something sometime and, and, you know, sort of present real things. Like I streamed this day at this time and it'd be a good slot for us to play some PUBG together. Um, do you think that given this, given the nature of the space that it's somewhat similar to normal friendship stuff, like 
I wouldn't go up to somebody on the street and just ask them if they wanted to go to the movies. I would, <laughs> you know, get to know somebody first and yeah. uh, see if we're compatible, if we're if we if we're friends first, and then go, hey, friend, would you like to go and do something with me because we're because we're friends? Sure. 100%. I mean, I think yeah. that's an important yeah. first step. Like, mm-hmm. establish yourself in, in that person's channel. Like, become a regular. Interact with them on Twitter. Like, you know, get to know them and 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 show that you're not just like looking to like, you know, especially if it's someone that's like larger than you, a little a little bit larger than you. You know, don't you don't want it to seem like you're just like asking for their exposure, right? So be genuine about it and and try to get to know them and and be friends with them first is like definitely the best way to do it yeah yeah I mean, things... no go ahead with um with me i i don't mind doing stuff like that but like you said it has to be some for me it really has to be somebody i know that i can bounce off of well um because with my stream anything can happen and um there have been occasions where i've been drawn away from a game because the chat have just like right until i don't know we've done this or we've like included this in the game or we've changed this around i don't know it's hard to explain but i just i wouldn't want to have um a multi stream with another streamer and feel bad for holding them up i think yeah. that worries me in case something was to happen on the stream or say let's say someone just donated a massive amount if I was in a multi-stream, I would find it really rude to not give that person enough time to be like, thank you so much. And if you're like, just going, oh, thanks. And then get that game. You're, it's not enough, but I don't want to hold up the other streamer. And it just, it gets a bit iffy. That's why it needs to be somebody you can bounce off of well, or who can um, talk to your community as the same way you do and vice versa. Right. If that was to happen. Yeah. I, I think I think there's something to that. I think that most streamers that are used to co-streams are used to push to mute, which is the golden key for any any co-op stream ever. Which um, you can set up for your stream deck. I just figured this out. Yes, yeah. you can. Um, yeah, anything with those. Like push to mute is the golden key because if the other streamer thinks that it was like, oh, the person's muted because I have a little, I have a little, like, I minimize uh, Discord to a very small square where I can see it. And if I see that person's muted, I'm like, oh, okay, probably talking to chat. I'm a professional streamer. I know how to talk to my own channel. I'm going to, I'm going to entertain for a little bit, right? So, well, sometimes. Um, so, some, it, it's like, I'm going to entertain them. They come back, like, okay, well, I'm back. Let's, let's start doing stuff and whatever. There's no, I don't think, I don't see anything where that hinders the stream at all. Um, but again, like you guys are saying, it has to do with the comfort of, of everything happening. Yeah. Um, one thing that gets talked about a lot is, and I compare this I've com- I compare this to like sponsored streams and sponsorships and whatnot. You almost never really get a sponsorship from somebody you just approached like right then and there, right? It takes some time and nurturing and, and re- developing a relationship between you and the other party to say, Hey, we know each other well enough to where I'm comfortable working with you. You're comfortable working with me, and that goes, I think, along the same ways as a co-stream. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. definitely an, an etiquette to doing the multi-streaming. Like once mm-hmm. you've made the approach, for sure. Like, you know, you don't want to be an open mic and like, hey, thanks for the sub, thanks for the tip, <laughs> thanks for the follow. Like, you know, yeah, into that that's... other person's channel. Like, you know, and. Yeah. 
Um, on the other hand, you don't want to like completely ignore the person you're playing with to talk to chat the whole time too. And yeah. I would say like another thing is finding channels that are compatible with your rules. For me, that's very hard because I am a absolutely I I am clean with my language, and a lot of the people that I'm friends with or that I want to play games with, like they swear and. Uh, you know, I, I, I asked them to like, you know, not try not to swear as much. And I try to warn chat like, okay, this is, this is going to happen for this event. Um, so I, I definitely try to find more people that are cleaner with their language when I do that kind of stuff. But it definitely is, it's, it is, it's a tough balance. Um, I just wanted to point out as well, like someone's just uh, pointed out and reminded me of something that I wanted to ask you, you guys and your opinions. Um, like, what what do you you three think of um, if a viewer or another streamer was potentially just randomly got into a game with you or was part of your community or chat and they were playing the game with you and then they just started streaming, but they didn't announce they were pe- playing the game with you um, and they didn't want to multi-stream, they're just playing the game and then decide to stream. What are your so, opinions on that? Because to me, that comes down to etiquette again. Is this streamer etiquette? Um, and so I feel like t- a lot of people don't know. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like like when I'm when I'm playing with my viewers and I'm not playing with someone that I know streaming, I am open mic. So if you want to pull that, like you're listening to my stream in your chat. Like, uh, I I think that definitely is like uh not cool to do. Because it kind of seems like that person's coming into your stream, trying to play games with you to boot up their stream and like you know get that get that attention. But like, if I don't know you're streaming, like, and and, and like you're <laughs> you're doing that, I'm open mic with my viewers, so they're gonna hear me talk over them. <laughs> I think there's one thing to say. Does that person normally talk about who's on their stream with them to to a different like to Twitter or whatnot, and then they just don't do it for you? That's I mean that's just personal stuff, right? It seems like you guys might have a relationship problem going on. If the person just doesn't announce it because they just don't feel like talking about everybody that's on their stream all the time or not having, it's I don't see it as a huge deal. Uh, but that I mean that again goes back to your whatever relationship you have with the person if that if it's new yeah and you're just maybe trying them out on your stream you may not want to fully announce it because maybe you don't know them a ton right yeah i mean like i feel like if you, if okay let's say you find out that someone else in your group is streaming like and they didn't say anything like on the other hand like you know they could have they just didn't want to advertise the stream which i think think is very respectful right like they're not yeah. like hey i'm streaming and like because that's also not cool too so it's like if I find out like someone's streaming, uh, like and we're in the group together, like I'll like okay, I'll put on my push to mute. That's totally fine. I'll be like, go check them out. Like you know, if it's if it's a genuine interaction, uh, you know whether like they're a regular mind, I think that makes a huge difference too. Like if it's reg, if it's like random Bob, you know, twenty three, that just joins my game, and like then it's like, hey, I'm streaming <laughs> or something, then I'm like, I don't even know you. But if it's like okay, like uh you know like gregel joins my my game and he's a regular of mine if he was streaming uh or i would even ask him i'd be like hey are you streaming like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so was the question more like right i'm getting they happen here. to be playing with you and then they spool up the stream because they're in your group and they're hoping to get 
Is that I, I, so? Yeah, like, I don't, if it was just, I don't think that was the original question. No, I think like if, for instance, if you if you're just your community, so not somebody who's street a streamer in general or somebody who wants to collab with you, someone who is just part of your community, um, part of your you know your chat and they you're doing a multiplayer game and you're like you know let's say you're grouping with a load of subscribers and viewers and they just end up streaming um in the background but there's no prior warning to that um they don't announce it so to speak or want to multi-stream but what do you see as that do you see that as kind of rude do you see that so as a you you, know? you should always i think it's a twitch thing you should always be told when you're being streamed live to other people that should that, that is a thing that has to happen now i thought the original question was you guys agreed to stream together you guys set up a stream time you're like we're both going to stream that was fully understand they just didn't talk about to their community that they're going to be streaming with you so i thought that was the question um if it's something that's like somebody spooled up a stream and you guys are together and you don't know what that they're streaming and they definitely didn't make it obvious or tell you or what have you and you've been playing with them for a while yet yeah, that actually i think has to be something because it's partially your content right mm -hmm. yeah no but I th yeah i thought the original question was um you've set up you there's actually a stream going on a multi-stream and they just didn't set up a multi-stream right or a multi-stream link or something like that i don't i don't always set up a multi-stream yeah, link different. Yeah. yeah yeah that was different to the the one yeah but you get it now yeah 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 awesome <laughs> uh so cristiano asks uh would you recommend new streamers to stick to one game at a time it's very challenging to play three simultaneously <laughs> i play two sometimes i'm not gonna lie I, I i'm playing two question. right now cut, cut off there so what was that question because i missed part of it, it would, would you recommend new streamers to stick to one game at a time I'll play Summoner's War on my phone and maybe something that's a little less I, like RimWorld where I just have to let things go on. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell chat. I'm like, hey, I'm playing, I'm playing Summoner's War. <laughs> but yeah, I'll do two at a time sometimes. As in like stick to one game um, <laughs> yes. for their stream and yes. have yes. one stream. Not I mean, what Dan is saying. <laughs> yeah, I was getting confused then. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it is if you're going to stream one game, and not be variety yes it's harder to be variety but you're gonna have more long-term viewers because if you have one game that you're going to stream and just that one game and you don't branch out to other things when you eventually do branch out to something else how many people are going to go with you yeah. are they that's, just there for the, the content thing. because a lot of them will just be there for that particular game especially if that's all you stream absolutely that's all they've known you to do so have I, you I ever done that stay with one game no mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. no it, it really it really so uh has one anybody of my, here done that play with one game done for what? i've done i've done dauntless for months at a time i've mm. i've done a lot of one thing but in Got between close. so one, yeah, of the, yeah. one of the one other game in between yeah, one yeah. Of the best examples of it is i think co-carnage who will pick a game and he'll play it for weeks or as long as he wants 100 percent it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, play it all the way through. It might take him weeks, and then he'll switch it up, or however long he feels. Right? Do you, you don't? So I, I, that's kind of what I read with the question. But you don't have to do that. It is probably the best idea for growth. I think. Uh, I think Oliver just said that in chat. It's probably one of the best ideas for growth. But you don't have to do that if you want to be a true variety streamer and just play things. For me, for a long time, what would help with growth was um, sticking in a genre. 
I'd play roguelites. It might be a yeah. different roguelite yeah. every other day, but it was yeah. roguelites yeah. and people knew what they were going to get or shooters. I think that's or, a great idea. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it depends on what you feel because who knows? You might get bored of a game because you played yeah. it so <laughs> much. Like Dauntless yeah. is an amazing, amazing game, but I played it for three months in a row. I was like, I got to take a break. <laughs> yeah. And I think on the flip side of not like the flip side of not sticking to one game. No, on the flip side of sticking to one game at a time, you also don't want to bounce around too much. Like, you don't want to play Call of Duty one day and then Minecraft the next day and then God of War the next day and then Warframe the next day because now you're not you're not getting anyone to stick around. Like, I like this genre idea a lot. and It's one that I recommend. It's like, if you really like Fortnite... Can you expand that to playing VR games yeah. or shooters? Yeah. Like expand that a little bit more because if yeah. you do pigeon yourself, what Cyborg was saying, like I, I very rarely do streamers who start out playing one game all the time end up playing that one game forever. Even people that play Fortnite right now, twenty four seven, like those people used to play PUBG twenty four seven, and before that it was H one Z one twenty four seven. Yeah, um, which is fine because they're still you see the theme they're playing yeah. VR games, but. Uh, there's also the the need for people sometimes to branch out into more variety, and it is a hard thing to do. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you're gonna lose a lot of followers, but it's it's like it's something that everyone. Uh, there's actually I think a panel about this that was one of the Twitch cons. Um, it's like you you you're always happier. Everyone that's moved from like one game knows they take a hit, take the hit anyways, and they're like, you know what, I'm I'm happier. Yeah. That's what matters. Like, I think the genre idea is a, is is fantastic, uh, specifically because it gives you the opportunity to what well, your viewers get to see more than one game, but it allows for the consistent. So it 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 shows people that you know that you can still be enjoyable even when it's not that one specific game. And obviously, of course, it's, it should be obvious that that's true. But you got to actually like showcase that, and then people get the idea that you do not play just the one game. It's like, it's, it kind of just becomes a natural flow of like, oh, games will change. It's just acceptable. It's obvious. It's what happens. It's pretty much what everybody does. And that can allow you to move out of that genre at some point with relative ease because you change games really frequently. At the same time, those same people who like that genre tend to stick around because they like all the games in there. Or it's a topic of conversation, a, a jumping off point for you know, having a conversation with uh, the, your community. For that, so I think that is a great idea because we're always going to switch out at some point. At some point, yeah. you're going to be playing something different. Mm -hmm. Like almost nobody's going to play the same game for their entire life. Although I do know that one guy who's <laughs> got like there's seriously there's somebody who had like seventy thousand hours in RuneScape or something. I was like, oh god. Other wow. than that, wow. other than that, pretty much wow. all of us are going to change well, out at some point. It's the great opportunity. It's the gives you the best opportunity for when a new a new game from exactly. that genre comes out. Yeah, it's like yeah. I mean when so when Slay the Spire came out, I was I I'd be I'm proud to say I was one of the first people to start playing that, and it's a roguelite like a lot of other games that I played, and it went really well for a while, and then everybody started playing. It's like okay, I got to take a break from this, but move on, move on to another roguelite. But it was it was fantastic, right? You get to you get to you get to take what you already have and bring that to the brand new game leverage it yeah yeah 
So we have two more questions, and then we're going to cut it off there, because otherwise we'll be here for hours. <laughs> yeah. Way too much fun. My bad. Um, no, it's... it's no, like that's, this... that's your good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I talk uh, too so... much sometimes. <laughs> uh, Torn Pixie asks, I stream variety in both creative and gaming. When you run a variety stream, how do you tie such different aspects together? And I like this question, because we've talked about it before, and I know Hunter gave some really cool ideas about this. So I'm going to put the spot on him. I what did I say? <laughs> I have no experience in this. I'm, I, sometimes I'm so in the moment with the with my thinking. <laughs> oh man, I think it was like, uh, like when you're doing like okay, when you're doing creative streaming, like I'm not sure what kind of creative you're doing, but maybe tie in whatever you're doing a playthrough of at the time, like into mm. your art or into what you're doing. Like, like let's say you are doing a Fallout Four stream. And you play Fallout Monday through Wednesday and Thursday and Fridays are creative. And let's say you do painting. Like, let's say maybe Thursday and Friday you do like a Fallout-themed painting. And then, you know, sometimes you have, you know, the viewers that only watch gaming or only watch creative. It's a nice way to cross that over. It's like, like if you're playing Fallout, you can be like, okay, guys, so tomorrow we're going to start our, you know, this Fallout uh themed paintings vault painting that we're doing uh and then when you're doing your creative stream you can be like all right guys so we're gonna actually be playing fallout on monday uh so make sure to tune in for the that's a great idea whoever said that is a thinker <laughs> yeah yeah he's I, all right. I, I think that's a, a genuinely that's a i don't remember saying that but that is a fantastic idea uh because for exactly that reason it's like you're cross-pollinating um you're planting the idea of people People like the aesthetic of, of, of the games and they like the, the, the theme. They're keeping it thematically consistent. It allows you to, to skip around a little bit um, and draw people in from the different communities over to something else. And much like the thing that we were just talking about with like staying within the same genre, you have consistency right there. You're, you're going to be doing a, a Fallout-themed diorama. It doesn't even matter what it is, right? It's like you're, you're going to be painting figurines and you're going to be setting up this really cool thing um, and you're talking to chat about the same stuff you were talking to chat about yesterday when you were literally playing the game that you're not playing right now. Um, and it can be really interesting and you can even tie in a conversation to it where it's like people get to pick a theme related to that game while you're playing the game and it gets people to come in and watch while you're creating the thing too. All kinds of really interesting and innovative ways that you can tie those in together. It is Austin, Austin Marie is a great example of this. Yeah, absolutely. While she was playing Overwatch a bunch, she was doing a ton of Overwatch drawings and paintings. It was, yeah, everybody went there for Overwatch. It didn't have to be the game. It was the theme Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, I muted. muted. <laughs> all the time on my stream. Um, I thought I got over this slowly and I was like slowly getting better. No, no. Um, so this is something that's actually really interesting to me because I've got a graphics tablet I got um, early this year and I've been practicing with it off stream and it's something that I also want to get sort of stuck into and maybe start doing creative. So I'm actually taking from this right now because this, this information is good for me, but that's the first thing I would have thought is to base it on something that you're doing or that your viewers like so yeah hmm. yeah i think like you know sharing that on social media too like absolutely uh, you know going back with what austin does is like okay you make overwatch art tag overwatch hashtag overwatch get the, get into that community uh it depends on what you're doing though if you're playing a game like you know you play over you 
playing Overwatch for a long time. You just a course over months. Like get into that community, uh, become the Overwatch artist, uh, yeah. and that like people will watch you play Overwatch because people like your art. Like so, yeah. there's there's definitely room for crossover. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that can be done. Hmm. What's the question specifically again? Well, uh, also giving away the art yeah. when you're playing the game, like yeah. hosting hosting giveaways for it. I mean that that's going to be appealing too, yeah. um, and that also helps people want to come in when you're producing it. It's just more ways to connect and get people interested. All of that performs that sort of function, and commission buttons and stuff too. If it's like if you're playing. I think the Fallout 4 was it was a great way because it, 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 there are all kinds of beautiful and interesting ways that you can uh, just paint a, uh, the wasteland or do a diorama or paint figurines or it's all kinds of creative things you can do. Um, like a sort of, uh, if, when it comes to like textiles and, and crafting, you can make all kinds of stuff. Like it, it's Fallout. It's, you can make all kinds. That's kind of the nature of the game. <laughs> you're making all kinds of stuff and making do with it. You can do some really cool stuff um and uh and 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 offer up the opportunity to, to do commissions for it where you're making some money and you're tying it all in together you do this with 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 many games um launch events and stuff i do a lot of bunch of launch events and every once in a while we'll do something that's like really creative that has a lot tied into it you can do that with the with the uh actual creation on stream as well launch events are fantastic for this because there's odds, odds are you've seen the art from the game before the game has even touched anybody's fingers so that's you what you're do, seeing right yeah. yeah you get a you can do a week of paintings right <laughs> leading up to the game leading the game launches you give them all away or what have you like that's that'd be awesome i think yeah. i would as a as a gamer that can't do any type of visual art to save their life I follow a lot of creative streamers and I watch them do video game themed stuff. And I'm like, do you also play games? They're like, yeah, I play this game that I'm doing right now. And it's like, you fall in love with them pretty quickly. Yeah. I'm pretty good at art. I'll say. I got some emotes I've done of mine. Uh, (laughs) So our last question. Is that one of them? That's that's one of them right there. The low code (laughs) I love it. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, this talent. What can I say? <laughs> Multi talented, you know. Yeah. Uh, Talk about a jack of all trades. Whoa. <laughs> there we go. Mona Lisa uh, of our time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Stop, stop inflating my ego. Oh. Uh, uh, so, our last question comes from Deep Bucket. Deep Box Games, who says, my question is, if you have a good YouTube following, will that be something considered when applying for partnership on Twitch? Literally, yes. Yeah, it obviously yeah. means you know what you're, yeah. you know how to create some content and draw in an audience. I mean, depending on your following, you might be able to just be insta-partnered. Like, if you're a big, mm-hmm. if you have a big following on YouTube, like, reach out to Twitch because uh, they will work with you and, like, that that is actually I think listed on their page. It's like if you yeah. have this many followers, or at like, least it used to be. It probably qualify. still is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, the bigger you are, the more pool you're gonna have. Uh. But when applying, like that's that's why having social media, having YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, that's all important things to grow because you know if you if you do want to apply for partnership, like you can show them like, hey, like 
no, I've got 50,000 Twitter followers. I want to get into streaming. They're going to be like, okay, like we're going to help you. You're going to probably yeah. get personalized help, help get your channel set up. Get you want to do more than have metrics by themselves because they want to see why those metrics are valuable because you, right. yeah. you can inflate them in a number of ways. The numbers yeah. by themselves don't translate into value in the same way. And if anybody knows that it's Twitch partnerships, they want to see where that value is and how it can translate. So you, you need to be able to showcase why those numbers matter. But yes, those numbers matter as part of a puzzle that you are going to put together to show them for partnership. Yeah. It's, and it's I, at least, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, go on, Dan. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying it's at least, it's at least an eye catcher for partnerships. That's it. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it also goes for it, the same thing goes for like uh, musicians, actors, stuff like that. They've come over to Twitch and they've been able to get um, partnership maybe um, with a little bit more help from Twitch because of yeah. who they are, um, what they're doing, what sort of work they're into at the moment and the following on social media even. Um, a friend of mine, Brian Deckard, uh, recently got, I think it was this week, he got, part no, sorry, last week he got partnered. Connor. And he plays Connor from uh, Detroit yeah. Become Human. Connor did. Um, so yeah, he he recently got partnered, and obviously he's had an insane following on Twitch very quickly. Um, just yeah. as soon as he came across, but stuff like that. If you were to go to Twitch and you were, for instance, an actor in a game or something like that, or a musician, they may, without seeing you stream too much, go well. Hang on, yeah, we'll help you with this. Um, but it is always wise to try and get an idea of it first, hence what Brian did, and he did amazingly with it. Because um, you want to know more about it, not just sort of roll in, if that makes sense. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, we all know, we all have been on this this platform for a while. You may have be a very talented person, but if you don't know how to, don't know how to use that talent on Twitch, no. it's going to yep. be difficult. Yeah. And I think to tie that in, you know, if you're thinking about applying for Twitch, uh, things like if you have a Patreon or like a Game Wisp and you have a lot of subs on there, um, that is something that I've advised people on in the past when applying for partnership. Uh, if you've got like a, a notable number of subs on those different platforms, like that's important to them too. Like, yeah. uh, it's a little bit skewed from what you asked directly, but I think it's good for people who are, uh, you know, looking to, to become partnered on Twitch. Like if you've got like a hundred, two hundred uh patreon subs like people twitch cares about that that's that could be money that they they get right so like that shows like you you're like okay like this is why you should believe in me because i have this many people already paying me money yeah. uh so i know that like being a partner like it translates like, directly this would work out right yeah. right like you you have a loyal following i know how to um, work it <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah you, you don't even have to be like famous or you know have a big social media following but numbers like that are, are good uh, charity if you raise money for charity like you're like hey like you know my community raised ten thousand dollars this year for charity uh that's something that, that looks really impressive uh when applying for partnership anything that you've done in terms of if you've been on pub public panels or you've done hosting or anything else like those this is a totally different question at this point but those are things that will really make you stand out in your application if we have time, I think Swift brought up a good point. Um, Swift Mo brought up a good point. What if uh, Patreon subs have no correlation with your Twitch channel if these are two different things? Um, the point is that they're not just going to sub your Patreon just because you do, just because there's a specific thing that they want. 
that's a very low percentage. It could happen. It might happen. But they probably sub to you because they like you in general. So even if even if they have nothing to do with Twitch, even if they don't care about gaming and it's not a gaming right. Patreon, there's a good chance they're still gonna like you and like what you do. And then what's well, more, it shows that more. that you're you're capable of of taking advantage of the virtual space in order to yeah. you know generate exposure and leverage that into profit if in a very direct way um that's simply that's a that's an easy way to show twitch or another platform that you can do what they want you to do whether or not it's on an identical in a one-to-one ratio it doesn't doesn't really matter as much um if it's something that if i were looking at it i'd be like oh yeah i mean clearly they can put in the work they know how to uh they know how to function in this kind of space um they're familiar with this kind of market uh and the and the industry it's yeah that's sure let's go see what they can do yeah um all right so that is gonna do for us today guys oh my goodness thank you guys so much for being here uh cyborg dan thank you guys for your time thanks for having me this has been super fun, and uh, I love these are my favorite episodes because it's just free for all. Like we try to just get those little little questions that have been bugging people. So uh, yeah. we're gonna do some social media shout outs. If you guys do me a favor and follow these awesome guests that have been joining us today, uh, Dan, we'll start with you. Where can we find you? What are you doing? What is up with you? Uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet as long as it's named Danotage. Except for Pokemon Go, it's the only place I lost my name. Um, but Danotage, pretty much everywhere: Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Mixer, all of it. Um, I do. I'm doing a lot with with Instagram right now because obviously I stream twice a day. But like, people want to know what I do off stream and whatnot. So I do a lot of Instagram stories and what, and just show off my everyday life and talk to you guys and and have fun. Um, for gaming, I play. A lot of right now enter the gungeon uh the division dauntless that's pretty much the three i'm rotating through like the the evening streams are more for multiplayer the uh morning streams are more for something single player which has mostly been enter the gungeon lately that's and an you know setup. we just chat we just chat and have fun and do things <laughs> what about you cyborg angel um uh so i mean well i've been uh, you can find me at Cyborg Angel or on social media, it's usually Cyborg Angel with two L's on the end because apparently they, that that was taken pretty much everywhere. Oh, they always, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, two L's on social media apart from Facebook. I got Facebook, a Facebook page with just one L on the end. <laughs> um, nice. But at the moment, I'm doing uh, a lot of Monster Hunter World. I've been a Monster Hunter. Uh, fan since the beginning of the franchise on PlayStation 2. So on the launch of the PC one um, on the 9th of August, I'm going to be covering that as well as the PlayStation one that I do currently. Um, I'm also going to be working really closely with Two Point Hospital, um, which is going to yes. be coming out. Um, I can't oh, say right. anything about it yet, but that uh, I'll be working very closely with that. And uh, tomorrow's uh, <laughs> virtual reality. So tomorrow I'm actually going to be heading back into virtual reality for a kind of Gears of War uh, style game. But what? yeah, yeah, it's called Seeking Dawn. And uh, apparently there's Gears of War style mobs in it too. So I don't know how much I'm going to scream and run oh. into <laughs> cupboards. But yeah, VR tomorrow for me. I'm going to watch wow. that. I'm totally going to watch that. Yeah. If you see the trailer, I think a lot of people would go, I'm not What's doing it that. Again? 
Seeking Dawn, they'll they'll be like, I'm not doing. I saw something that looked spider-like, and I don't like spiders, <laughs> so I don't know how long I can play it for because this was like the size of a house, and when you're in VR, it actually feels like it. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh, that looks interesting as heck. Oh. I'm sorry. Please don't swear. <laughs> He's googling it already. Oh, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an asterisk. In the, <laughs> I didn't actually say heck. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm the Hunter Wild. You can find me at twitch.tv slash the Hunter Wild, where I'm going to be streaming. Uh, well, I, I mostly stream like a madman, but over the next uh, over the next two weeks, uh, it's going to be a little light because my girlfriend's coming to town. Uh, we're actually meeting face to face for the first time ever. That's yeah. is awkward. Wow. Um, uh, for the next two weeks, so it's going to be a little light. Right now, I'm playing Octopath Traveler, which I started doing a did a launch event. Did 12 hours, then 14 hours, then 12 hours, and I lost track of time so easily in that game. It's really good. I'm usually not a fan of JRPGs, um, but that and uh, Battle uh, to Battle Chasers Night War, so good. Uh, but you can find me on on Twitter at the Hunter Wild TV. That's the only one that I could get. It has to have the TV at the end. I'm not a TV. I'm a person. But I but I can show <laughs> up on on monitors and TVs and stuff. So the Hunter Wild TV Instagram at the Hunter Wild. Uh, I'm going to be doing Monster Hunter World as well on PC. Really excited for that one. I think the person that I watched the most streaming that initially at launch was Cyborg Angel. Oh, it was really nice. goddamn fun. I love but that you, So good. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'm Loco, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash Loco. I am currently about to start Octopath, actually. Nice. So I'm excited. I'm also going to be playing Islands of Nine. Because yeah. I, I like Battle Royale games, and I played it in the beta, so I'm excited for it. And as you can see, I play everything. Um, so I'm excited for this week. should be fun. I uh, find me at twitter.com slash loco 2525 And I own Streamersware, so if you guys enjoy what we do here, definitely appreciate you guys spreading the word. You can follow us on, on Twitter, twitter.com slash streamersquare. We also have Discord, discord.gg slash streamersquare youtube.com slash streamer square <laughs> i think we've done a good job getting all the names <laughs> um so you can find us anywhere on streamer square really and um <laughs> the vods for all these episodes are on our youtube and on twitch so if you guys enjoyed this we have past episodes a lot of information a lot of really helpful stuff so um definitely recommend perusing the yeah. website and the youtube uh so yeah that's gonna do for us thank you guys so much for being here i really appreciate it guys it's been an awesome week um I'll be here tomorrow at 4 p.m. with the stream doctor. It's a good so if you guys, one. Uh, if you guys want to submit your, your channel tomorrow, basically I, I will take your channel and I will give you advice. Uh, so if you want some customized, personalized advice, uh, definitely be here tomorrow at 4 p.m. for that. And uh, and yeah, so we'll see you then. Awesome. And uh, we'll be back next week for the stream. See you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you soon. Take the information user wisely. Bye.